listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes. Happy Wednesday. Zach Blackerby here with you. Michael Pappas joining you as well. Happy Wednesday, buddy. Hey, Zach. Happy Wednesday, man. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited to see how this show turns out. We're doing something a little different today. We're going to um, discuss the, the top five things that we still don't know about this Auburn football season, about this Auburn football team. We've collected a lot of information over the last few weeks from fall practices finally starting back. And so we're going to kind of go back and forth. I'm going to share something that I don't know, that we that, that I still don't know about this team. You're going to give me your best guess or possibly the answer if you know, and we'll alternate. We're going to do that. Uh, each share our top five things that we still don't know about this Auburn football team. But first, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me. And Fetch Me is partnering with uh, some local restaurants this week where they are honoring $10 off any online order above $30. That is um, to Fratelli's, which is delicious. Foley, I've had a few times. I really, really like it. I'd have it more if, um, if my wife was more adventurous. And then uh, Agave. So uh, you can uh, use promo code 10 off any online order about $30 at Fratelli's, Foley, or Agave. Also, I know a lot of you folks listening from out of town are going to be coming in town um, next weekend, because we have Auburn football next weekend, I'm curious to see how many folks actually do come in town, but I still think we're going to have a lot. I was talking to the mayor about it yesterday on my show. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you are in town and you kind of want to still social distance and, you know, kind of not go to the restaurant, or if you're just tired at the end of the day and you don't really want to go out, Fetch Me will deliver to your hotel room. So be sure to take advantage of that. Use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. And you can get a contact-free delivery right to your hotel room. That's at FetchMeDelivery.com or the free and improved FetchMe app. All right, Michael, the first thing that uh, I still don't know about this Auburn team is we don't know if the offensive line is going to be good or not. There's a lot of excitement about a lot of individual pieces. I think guys are excited about Broderius Ham. You know, this is a Brandon Council podcast, so we're excited about that. I'm excited about seeing what uh, Austin Troxel can do at left tackle. But then you have reports coming from guys like Brandon Marcello of Auburn, or used to be of Auburn Undercover, now just of 247 Sports, saying that he's got uh, you know reports coming out saying that you know he's hearing that the offensive line is still going to be pretty bad this year. So I don't think we know if this offensive line is going to be good or not in 2020. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think we can know the answer. Uh, I know I'm supposed to uh, to try. So I will, I guess. Um, I think it's going to be about the same, to be honest with you, Zach. I mean, I'd love it to be better. I really would. But, you know, we are turning to a bunch of guys that don't have any, don't have much experience outside of um, Brandon Council. So uh, I, I, I think the expectations need to be set realistically and being as good as last year's group, I think um, is a, is a pretty good place to start. All right. What's one thing that you do not know um, going into this football season that you still do not know at this point of the off season? I'm going to go with um, the corner playing across from Roger McCreary. Yeah. That's Who an is interesting it gonna one. Be? I that... mean, we've heard three different names. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the Simpson, 
the redshirt freshman kind of appearing out of nowhere over the last two weeks. I'm not quite ready to believe that, Michael. I think that's exciting, and I think it's good that they're getting more guys in that rotation because they're going to play three corners, and they're going to play four corners in some situations. And if a guy goes down, they're definitely going to use that fourth corner. So I think giving a guy like Simpson reps there makes a whole lot of sense. But if the starter is not Marco Domeo, I would be extremely surprised. We heard good things about Pritchett in the backup role for Noah Igbenogany last year. And then it's kind of gone away. And I think he really would have benefited from a spring practice because Domeo wasn't going to arrive until, at the time, we thought summer ended up being late summer. Uh, and so you, you look at a guy like Pritchett, he would have really, really benefited from that. But now I think when you look at the kind of corner that Kevin Steele likes to use, he likes the guy that gets in your face and just beats you up at the at the line of scrimmage. And Domeo has the body type to do that. But then when Seth Williams was asked about Marco Domeo, and this is kind of what threw a wrench in my theory, and this may be why you're asking this question, Michael, is Seth was like, yeah, he's a good off-corner, but he's still got some work to do, but he can play in this league. And it's like, well, physically he doesn't look like an off-corner. Physically he looks like Jamel Dean to me. And Jamel Dean would beat the mess out of you. He'd punch you at the line of scrimmage every single time. So that's interesting to me. That to me is not what he looks like for one. And you know how much can that you know big physical frame hinder you down the field if you're kind of lining up you know seven yards off the ball? Um, but also, it's just it's not what Kevin Steele has had a whole lot of success with. We've talked about him this week. A guy like Carlton Davis, a guy like um, like Noah Benogany, a guy like Jamel Dean. These guys that are being drafted in the first two rounds in the draft, Roger McCurry is going to have a chance to be there too. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. Pritchett, you assume him backing up Noah, he's going to have some of those tendencies, that bump-and-run corner-type mindset. So it's going to be interesting to see. Later today, uh, on Wednesday, Roger McCreary is one of the two players that will be made available for media. So we may have some more answers there. Of course, he's probably not going to give us anything of a whole lot of value, Michael. Um, but I think, uh, that, yeah, that's my stab in the dark. My guess is Domeo, but based on what some people have said about him, uh, you know, maybe Simpson has a bigger chance than I thought. Maybe I'm just way off on it. I think that was a great answer, Zach. Thanks. I feel like I just said a lot, but didn't actually say anything. I feel like I just <laughs> Bruce Pearled that. <laughs> hey, did you see all of the hype over the weekend about uh, Homefield? I did. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, and Auburn folks showed out as their best um, uh, Saturday ever, so that's exciting. So it dropped this past Saturday, but you could still order. You can still order. I mean, an incredible premium vintage licensed college apparel. That's what Homefield does, and they do it better than anybody out there. And I've got two of their shirts now, uh, both Auburn shirts from this past weekend. And I'm not just saying this because they are a partner of the show. And my wife Leah stole one, so I think that's kind of an endorsement there. But they are the they are the softest and most comfortable shirts that we own, and uh, absolutely love them. Uh, they got that historical design, incredibly comfortable. So you can get twenty percent off your first purchase of any Auburn gear. Just use promo code Auburn at homefieldapparel.com, Promo code A U B U R N Auburn at homefieldapparel.com. I cannot recommend this enough. And uh, I think it's worth every single penny. They've got 
five or six different Auburn designs. And I think the most difficult thing about ordering this is going to be you have to you have to narrow it down, or you could just get all of them. So use promo code Auburn at homefieldapparel.com. Also want to give some love to our friends at Built Bar. They have been with the network for a few months now, and we absolutely love them. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. And they, uh, they do a great job of kind of actually making these health bars actually healthy. Um, there, there's bars all over the place that, that have really high sugar, really high calories, and they say that they have a lot of protein, but when you look at it next to Built Bar, they just flat out don't. And they've got a flavor for everybody, whether you like chocolate, peanut butter, if you like some of the, the fruity flavored bars, they have all of that for you. So BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. All right, Michael, my number two thing that we still don't know about this Auburn football team is we still don't know which running back is falling behind the rest of the pack. We've heard good things about all of them. We've heard good things about Tank and his upside and his just kind of ability to take in information. We've heard uh, good things about Mark Anthony Richards as far as catching things out of the backfield. We've heard good things about DJ Williams bouncing back after missing that first week of camp. And then Sean Shivers, it seems like he has stolen the show. So, yeah, so far we do not know which running back is falling behind the rest of the pack. That's my number two. Yeah, can I say none of them are? I mean, sure. uh, obviously you'd, you'd think that at some point at least one of the guys has got to separate himself from the pack but but right now it doesn't seem like there is um if there's a guy who's gonna get left behind i i still think there's a the best chance of it being dj williams Mm -hmm. unfortunately and um it's kind of a bummer because he does have that experience of playing last year but with the experience that sean shivers brings and then you know the pure raw talent that it seems like the other two guys have Tank Bigsby and, and Mark Anthony Richards, I, I, I think it's going to be tough to keep those three guys off the field based on, you know, everything that we've seen so far and everything that we're hearing coming out of camp. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see. DJ Williams is the other player that's being uh, made available to the media today. So, you know, Sean Chivers was the first running back we got. DJ's the second. I kind of wonder if that matters. You know, we've talked about that before. I kind of wonder... How much that matters. All right, what's your number two thing? Um, my number two thing is a little bit in the same vein, and it's going to be um, what skill position players are going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot about a lot of them. Who is actually going to be relevant and who this time next season are we going to be like, oh, yeah. Right. Forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a question similar to that coming up uh, that, that you'll get to answer, but. Uh, my, I mean, obviously we know Seth, right? I think Schwartz is going to be relevant to some extent. I don't know if he's going to be used the exact same way, but with that speed, assuming he stays healthy, he's going to be on the field and he's going to have a few chances every game to pop. And so he's going to get some of those, which is awesome. Um, as far as other receivers, Eli Stove's going to find a way. I don't know if he gets more than five targets a game. I don't know. Probably not when you average everything out. And then Shedrick Jackson's a guy that's kind of, you know, his hype has died down a little bit, but just as far as, once again, being on the field, he, you get a chance, and I think he's going to be the big slot in a lot of plays, assuming Malzahn keeps his wide receiver situation the same as far as how he manages personnel. Seems like Zevion Capers is going to be the lead freshman, despite a lot of uh, offseason hype around Kobe Hudson, the natural wide receiver. So natural. But I think, I think 
Capers is the guy. And I think there's a big drop-off after Capers and Shedrick Jackson. And so, you know, then we, we talk about the running backs, and I, I think there's going to be two running backs. And I think, I think it's going to be DJ and Sean Shivers. We'll see. And then maybe by the end of the season, you fade one of the, those guys out and you put in Tank. So we'll see what that looks like. That's my best stab at it, man. Uh, I, I, there's just so many names. And notice I purposely did not include a tight end in there. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So this is a uh, this is similar. This is similar. Uh, my number three thing that we still don't know heading into this football season. We still don't know how Harold Joyner and JJ Pegues will be used in the offense. And I lump those guys together because I kind of think that they're going to be used in the same way. We'll see more Joyner this year, and then over the course of uh, Pegues's career, we'll see him more in that role. But in this Chad Morris offense, we still don't know how those guys are going to look. I mean. We know that um, Harold Joyner is going to get at least one wheel route. And it's always open. Wheel uh, route is, is always, always open. open. Yep. So, pretty excited about that. And then you, <laughs> the J.J. Pegues, I don't even have begin to guess. I just yeah. hope they let him run the ball as a running back at least once. Give it to him on the goal line. Do something, man. You I got to find a way to get the 6'2", the 280-pound athlete the football. There's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of people with that opinion. It's like give them the football on the goal line. I've seen that on Twitter and message boards and stuff. I'm like, we've got four running backs. Like, if there's any chance to like let that third guy be happy, is to give him a carry on the goal line. But I get the hype for JJ Pegues, big guy, big body, athletic freak with the size. It's just fascinating to me. How are they going to use these two? And we'll we'll see. We'll see. What's your third thing, bud? Hmm, which one do I want to go with here? I'll go defense here. Okay. We've talked a lot of, a lot of offense. I'll go defense. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, yeah. I'm going to go with how well do they replace Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown on the defensive line? Mm-hmm. Can those guys step up? And I mean, there's going to be a drop off from those two. There, right. there can't not be, but can they, you know, can, can it be a manageable drop off? Right. Right, yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, and a lot of players and coaches have been asked about this, and the players are kind of more direct than the coaches have been, which I guess shouldn't be surprising, but was saying, like, yeah, there's not going to be that much of a drop-off, and I think they're seeing really good things from Truesdale. You know, I think they're seeing really good things from uh, Dre Butler, the, the number one JUCO player in the country coming into Auburn. I think Zakevius Walker is probably going to be the freshman we may see the most from a snap count standpoint. And then, I, if you listen to the show from any amount of time, I, I love Big Cat Bryant's game, especially this year. I think he is going to be tremendous. And Derek Hall, I mean, I think from a pass rushing standpoint, they may be better. And that may be a hot take, but I think from a pass rush standpoint, they may be better, especially on the edges. I think the big question is, what do you do as far as defending the run with not having Derek Brown on the field? But I think the answer to that is, if the linebacking core takes a step forward, that front seven solidified, and I think Auburn's going to be okay there. Also, I think Auburn's going to be better in pass coverage because of what they're able to do with their linebackers, and I really like these safeties as far as pass coverage a little bit more than the previous, uh, previous uh, regime. So I think Auburn's going to be okay on that front as far as um, using other position groups on the field to kind of cover up some of these, uh, these inconsistencies that we may see up front across the season. So we'll see. Uh, my next one is defense-related. We'll get to that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. 
Just a quick heads up coming up this week. Mentioned the two uh, two players talking to media. We will talk about that tomorrow. You don't want to miss what DJ Williams and uh, Roger McCreary have to say. We'll have audio about that or at least discuss that. And, of course, on Friday, it's another Ferg Friday as Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us. The response to him coming on has been really, really strong, so we're going to make that a weekly thing. So please uh, tune in. If you're tuning in today, please tune in tomorrow and Friday. We'd really, really appreciate it. All right, my number four thing, Michael, I mentioned it was defense. We still don't know who that fourth linebacker is. You know, it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's Wesley Snyder, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, it's, you know, my original projection was OC Brothers. It seems like he has kind of faded away in the competition. But uh, yeah, we still don't know who that fourth linebacker spot is. Yeah, that's a great question, Zach. Um, I- I'm going to have to go with Wesley Steiner, but I think that it's going to be both of the two guys that you just named. Okay. Either that, or they're going to play with three. Yeah. So, like, they've got three guys with a lot of experience who are, are pretty darn good. And as much as we want to say, like, well, obviously depth, depth does matter, especially this season. Everyone has said it. But mm-hmm. as much as we want to say, you know, they're going to keep things the exact same, you know, they don't they don't have to. They can They can just have a three linebacker rotation with those three players. Especially if they go a lot of nickel with two linebackers. I mean, that's a, that is a good point. They actually did a really good job working four linebackers in last year. I think they do it better than any team in the conference. So the fact that they were able to keep Chandler Wooten happy, I think, says a lot with how they managed that last year. Then just one other name that neither of us mentioned that we probably should just for you know the sake of covering all of our bases here. Cam Riley's a, uh, you know he he's an option there mm-hmm. as well. So Michael, what is your fourth thing? Uh, my fourth thing is going to go defensive backfield oh okay this is your second one on the db yeah yeah um i want to talk safeties it's are are these safeties legit because i mean we don't know we we've seen them in very small sample sizes you know playing behind uh, the seniors last season and they're expected to make that next step from, you know, very strong role player to legit SEC starter. Right. And we have seen, you know, over the years, a lot of players not really be able to make that step. And so, you know, we expect them to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, it's possible Auburn is better in pass coverage this season. Right. Yeah, so with these guys. So I, I, I think we've heard a lot of NFL praise about Sherwood. I, I'm very confident that he's going to take a step forward. I think you know a lot of the hype. I think more of the safety hype has gone to Smoke Monday. I've talked to and, and read several scouting reports and pick people's brain on what they look at when they see Smoke Monday, and just guys. These are guys that just look at the NFL draft. And they're, they're concerned to some extent, and we've talked about this a little bit, they're concerned with Smoke Monday's ability to move laterally. They have, uh, you know, he gets it between the ears. He's got a great first step. But as far as moving laterally, that's not something that they think that he can do at an NFL level currently. Now, maybe he's been working on that. We don't know. But that is, that is my only concern with this safety group. I love Jordan Peters kind of being the backup guy. Um, I, I love some of these younger guys like Chris Thompson Jr. I love Ladarius Tennyson if they put him in that role. 
Um, but I, I think that is the one thing that could possibly hold them back is, you know, can Smoke Monday turn the corner in regards to his lateral movement, you know, and just kind of elevate it to an elite level? And that's going to be the biggest question for me. And I think in most situations, it's not going to matter. But, you know, against Georgia, against Alabama, against the better schools that you're going to play this year, LSU, can he do that? Can he cover these opposing NFL, future NFL wide receivers? That's, that's a question for me. That's a question for me. And that's just me being pessimistic. And I think there's a way you can look at this and be very, very excited. And I am. I'm just telling you, that's the one concern. That's the one concern that I've heard. Uh, from four or five different scouts and, and, and former coaches that I've talked to, uh, just kind of off air, just kind of you know, spitting football with them. So that's 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 the one thing I can point at with these safeties and say that's one thing that could possibly go wrong. The rest looks pretty solid. Yeah, and, and uh, I know around draft time when guys were getting asked like, who's the next guy who is going to be. You know, people are going to be excited yeah. about coming out of Auburn, and everyone was saying Sherwood. Right. Right. And all the hype's gone to smoke. And so I think that's worth looking at. My last thing that we don't know is uh, we don't know how they're going to use several of the receivers that we have at the same time. Can Seth and Capers play at the same time? Can Stove and Schwartz play on the field at the same time? That's something that's kind of held Malzahn's personnel groupings. Um, back a little bit as he kind of pigeonholes these guys into you know certain spots. Is that going to be the same with Morris? And if it is, I mean, it took them a few games into the season to figure out how to put Seth and Schwartz on the field at the same time. I don't want to have that issue day one against Kentucky. So that's that's something we don't know. Yeah, I agree. And and there's also one. There's only one ball. Um, but you still want them on the field at the same time. I think. I no, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just taking it like a step further. Um, you know, there's one ball. How do you get it to everyone? Um, my best guess for this is that they they struggled to figure it out, to be honest. I mean, we saw it last year uh, with Schwartz and, and Williams playing at the same time. It, like you said, it took until game four or something for them to even happen and then or for them to even do that. And then it took until like game seven until – they figured out sort of how to do it. And so maybe since they've had in theory, the whole off season to, to get ready for that, it'll be a little bit better. Yeah. But I don't have super high hopes to be honest with you, Zach. I think that's something that's going to be frustrating for us watching this team this season. Yeah. If the only way to get capers on the field is to take Seth off of it, I don't think it's worth it. I don't care what his upside is this season. And that's, that's something you got to look at. That's something you got to look at. All right, what's the last thing that you still do not know about Auburn football heading into the season? Did Bo Nix take the step that we think he's going to take? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way to know that until the lights come on. Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't think there's any way to know that, regardless of what he does at Kentucky. I don't think there's any way to know that until. Um, we see him in Athens week two. And I think that's been the biggest thing. He was fighting during Hare Stadium. We saw what he did uh, against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. That was kind of the climax of the season. It's how we wrapped everything up last year, and that was great. But I think a lot of people, especially the Bo Nix doubters, they think about his performance in Baton Rouge and in the Swamp, and he kind of disappeared. And so I think that's something that we need to see him be able to do is take his game 
his uh, you know elevated when he's on the road playing these big games in conference play. And so that's going to be something that to me I'm going to be looking at. And there's a few other things that you know can he get the ball out quicker against Kentucky? I think that's going to happen just kind of a, of a byproduct of Chad Morris being there. So I think that's going to happen regardless. Um, so that'll be something that's good. But we'll see. We'll see. I. I kind of hope he tucks it and runs it a little bit more, too. Instead of you know relying on his arm 100% of the time, he's very athletic. We saw that kind of towards the end of last season. That's a good question, Michael. And that's something that we're not going to know. And I, I think we'll have a really good idea week two. And we may see signs of it week one against Kentucky, but I think we'll truly know when he's on the road in Athens. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPabTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about what Roger McCreary and DJ Williams said to the media later today. Right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs>